0: Good evening and welcome to Pop Culture Double Date Tonight we are talking about the next film in the Harry Potter series Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fire Harry Potter 4, I want to say I think it's 4 Tonight I'm joined by uh, my friends Gerald, Anager and Maggie Say hello everyone
1: Hello!
2: Hello! Hello, everyone.
0: And yeah, we're going to talk about Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fire tonight. Full spoilers podcast, but it is a very old film, so you probably have seen it. So we're just going to have a little chat about, reminisce about um, Harry Potter. um, And which one is this one? This one was... The one with Cedric Diggory, the one with Robert Pattinson as Cedric Diggory, um, playing a fellow Hogwarts student, um, this was the one when we meet all, uh, two other wizarding schools, um, Beauxbaton and I can't remember the school that Victor Krum is from, <laughs> anyway, <laughs> the boys school and the girls school. <laughs> come and um, basically attend Hogwarts uh, for a year because there is a a tournament on called the Triwizard Tournament. This is the one when we're introduced to Mad-Eye Moody, uh, kind of, I guess. Um, It's the one where um, Voldemort comes back. Big, big event in this film. Voldemort, by the end of this film, has fully regained his physical body and ready to wreak havoc. And we meet, actually, Voldemort for the first time. Um, Ralph finds is uh, Voldemort, um, and we actually really get to understand what sort of character Voldemort is. Um, yeah, and this is probably, in my mind, um, the film that is kind of a little bit of a turning point, where I think most of this film is probably could be classified like a teen film, But then, towards the end of the film, we start veering into the young young adult territory. And I think for the following films, um, Hermione says at the end of this film, things won't really be the same again after this. And I have to agree with her. I, I feel like that this is probably the last film where that sort of school fun, like that sort of fun at school, like sort of things that happen during the school year, that that sort of structure probably... It doesn't completely end, but, like, that sort of sense of wonder kind of stops a little bit, and there is more dread going forward. Um, so, yeah, let's talk about Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fire. Who wants to go first? Um, Maggie?
1: Oh, uh, yeah, sure. Um, so... To me, this um, continues with the expansion of the wizarding world. I really like how this movie dives straight into really the danger that is now in the world with Voldemort's re-emergence. I think the happiest moment in the whole film is actually the beginning when um, Harry is with Ron and Hermione and Ron's family um, and they meet Cedric Digger and his father as well and they go to the World Cup. They introduce the concept of the port key, which we revisit later on, at the end of the movie as well. And then after that initial happy moment where everyone's super excited about being being in the um, the Wizarding World Cup, the Quizzard, the quiz <laughs> <the Quidditch laughs> World Cup, um, you dive really straight into all the dangers that now exist. We meet the Death Eaters. We meet um, the Voldemort's in, in a circle, we get a sense of the true danger and the risks that Harry um, is threatened by and then we also get introduced to that connection between Harry and Voldemort and what that actually means with the dreams and the headaches and the ones connecting. But, so all of those aspects um, of this movie I really really enjoy actually and I also like how the movie, the atmosphere of the movie was really starting to get quite dark always a sense of foreboding. The filming was quite was interesting in that most of it was quite grainy in texture, lots of overcast shots, very dark, um, kind of lighting. Um, in terms of the characters, I actually, really like the Crumb and Hermione romance. Really? <laughs> it's actually I just think it's funny. I just think it's really funny. I mean, that guy literally has no lines that's true and that's it that's
2: true
1: I think actually I think the only sentence he says in the whole movie is to Hermione at the end where he hands her his number and says call me and then blows her a kiss and that's it (laughs) I love how that's his only line in the whole movie that whole romance is hilarious um some great actors in this movie: David Tennant, one of my favorites, um, and also Cedric Diggory. Let's face it, his character was designed as a device; he was designed to die, yes, and to really move the movie, for, um, the whole story from one one point to another. So, in some ways, Robert Patterson I don't think he really had much of a role that he had to play. All he had to do was look pretty, which he did very successfully, um, and that was about it. Yeah. Um. So yeah, that, those are my initial thoughts.
0: Yeah. Did you enjoy it? Did, you, you like you oh, like a lot of fire, right?
1: Yes, I th- I think it was a very fun movie. Yeah.
0: Yes. Okay. Um. Yeah. Like I I'd agree I agree with a lot of what you've said there, Vags. Like I I definitely on this rewatch actually it became more apparent to me that Patterson really was a device because basically, um, you know, like he doesn't really have that much character development throughout the film. And then I remember at the very end of the film, Dumbledore makes this speech to everyone at the school where he is, like, eulogising Cedric Diggory. And the thing that struck me about it was, like, but you're just saying that. We don't actually we don't know Cedric Diggory at all we're just basically taking your word for it right Mm. I remember the first time I watched the the film um I I found that speech to be quite moving in some ways but then on this rewatch I was kind of like well is it really that moving because we don't really know Cedric Diggory at all um yeah but I I definitely did notice that on on the rewatch I I definitely did notice that on the rewatch um Andrew, Jerry would you you guys like to wade in
3: yeah Gerald go ahead yeah, look,
2: I didn't dislike this movie, but after um, Prisoner of Azkaban, this one felt like a bit of a letdown. It was a bit flat for me, um, and I've been wondering in the last little while why it is that this movie didn't land quite as successfully as its immediate prequel. And it occurs to me that part of it is, as you say, there are there are these sort of um, plot, very obvious plot devices and in the form of characters like Cedric Diggory, who, because he's such a complete cipher, um, his death doesn't land with the emotional punch that, that it should. Um, and so not only is his death relatively um, matter of fact and not particularly moving, but as you say, does the, the, the eulogy given by Dumbledore um, is a very, very telling example of telling rather than showing when you know, the whole point of cinema is show, don't tell. Mm. Um, um, so so that was one element of the of the experience of this movie that didn't quite um, work as it should have. I think the other thing about this movie that's unique about the ones that we've seen so far and during the course of this rewatch is um, not just how little someone like Cedric Diggory has to do, but how little Hermione and Ron Weasley have to do as well. I mean, if you think about... What they do in this movie, they don't particularly help Harry out. Not not because they don't want to, but just because the movie doesn't, the movie and its plot are designed in a way that kind of relegates them to the sidelines. And the only significant thing that either of them do in in, in the action of the movie is to um, be part of the the, the third challenge. No, I'm sorry. The second challenge.
0: Yeah, the mermaid one, merman, yeah. whatever.
2: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> kind of all they do in the movie. Um, uh, at least, at least that, that's fundamental to the plot. And so, the the magic of the friendship between these three characters is kind of muted. <laughs> the last two or three of the, these movies, and that lends a further aspect of flatness to this movie. Um, and this movie kind of, it sits in a very different genre from, from Prisoner of Azkaban. Prisoner of Azkaban is the sort of, it's kind of a time heist movie. Yeah. Whereas Goblin of Fire is more like a sports movie. And it's not a team sport movie, it's an individual sport movie. So it's like a, it, it, and so Harry is on his own as this sole um, unexpected competitor in this in this contest um, for the trio Wizard Cup, and everyone else is just a, everyone else is just a spectator, um, which which means you get less of the meaningful interactions between characters that um, that that characterise the the previous films. So I think in, in various respects this movie is less successful than its predecessors. It doesn't quite have the same spark. Uh, it certainly doesn't have the same style as um, as Prisoner of Azkaban, with you know Alfonso Cuarón and his and his long takes and and his moving camera. Uh, so whilst I didn't dislike the movie, I, I've got to say it somehow didn't charm me the way I recall it having done so on the first watch.
0: Yes. Yes.
2: Uh, and which is which is the it's the first one of these so far that 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 made me think hey I, I remember this being a bit better than it is now yeah so um which is again not to say that it's a bad film not to say that it's not fun or not enjoyable um it it just shows a bit of fraying at the edges that the that its predecessors um didn't show um yeah and, and so you know I just I just thought I just thought. Without without you know criticizing Mike Newell who directed it or anything, that I think he was working with weaker source material simply because it, it's a flatter plot. It, you know, it's three challenges, sports movie, um, and a, a twist that's that you can kind of see coming in the form of the Triwizard Cup being a portkey. So um, I think the source material is was definitely weaker than Prison of Azkaban or Chamber of Secrets. Um, such that it, this installment felt like a bit of a dip.
0: Mm. You know, I, I think we're pretty simpatico on this, Jerry. Like, I um, I definitely agree. Like, as in, for me, I definitely felt the same as you in that I remember the first time I watched this film, I really loved it. And, like, you know, if someone would Like, because, you know, I haven't watched the Harry Potter films over and over and over again, right? I, I'll watch them every, like five years or so or something like that, right? But, like, um, I guess, like, in the past when I've watched it, I've always remembered, had quite fond memories of this, of this film. And I think it's because there are some quite significant moments that occur, like the return of Voldemort, um, like, um, like you know, the sports aspect of the Triwizard Cup. There are, like, some quite sort of memorable like, scenes, I guess, right, like, sort of things that happen, I guess, probably not, but, like, things that happen here, there are some quite memorable things that happen, but I guess, in terms of watching the film again, I also felt that it was, um, a little bit flatter than, um, the films that have kind of preceded it, right, and, yeah, it was kind of weird that I I had this reaction watching it, because, like, as we've talked about, like, my reaction to all the films on rewatching has just basically been positive, right? But having said that, I also agree with you. Like my overall feel for this film is still quite positive, right? It's just that, like, in terms of, um, it, it doesn't quite match my memory. Oh, it doesn't quite match my memory of how good good it was, right? So,
2: yeah, yeah and there are some there are still some visually striking moments, like the ball, for instance, how they transform the Great Hall into sort of a, a win of one land yeah uh, it's, a, it's a beautifully uh, rendered scene the production design really takes it to a whole new it, it really goes up to a whole new level in that scene and you know the the, the that, that scene is the, the real sort of teen move the, the, the heart of the teen movie that sits inside this movie um, with you know um, Hermione getting her her big stepping out moment yeah but but even then, that, that kind of goes nowhere. Yeah. Uh, I mean, Ron, Ron's a dick to her, but, and, and she's in tears, but that kind of ultimately goes nowhere. Their relationship is actually not any different after that than it was before.
0: Yeah. I mean, for me, that ball scene, like, that ball scene, I know that, like, Anager is super on the Hermione-Harry- shipping Hermione and Harry, right? And I I think, like, while while I I don't necessarily believe that, like, in the books Hermione and Harry fit together, but the way the actors behave in this film, I definitely felt like Hermione and Harry had more of a spark than Hermione and Rod right? I, I think that was also one of the things that kind of fell flat for me, because this film is meant to be the beginning of the Ron and Hermione romantic aspect, right? Like, the the real beginning of the Ron and Hermione um, romantic aspect. And it doesn't really land and, like, in fact this film is the first time where you see that Radcliffe and Emma Watson actually have a lot of very good chemistry, right? So I, I think unintentionally just because of the actors, like, this Harry-Hermione-like shipping thing has kind of arisen. Um, Yeah, like, because specifically, like, after the ball, like, Hermione chucks this hissy fear at Ron, but then she kind of runs to Harry and kind of confides in him, and, like, that moment feels really authentic for some reason. (laughs) Like, more so than this, like, the contrived sort of... Oh my god! I can't believe you didn't ask me. Sort of thing that she has with Ron. It's it's really weird. I I, I don't, maybe I'm not explaining it very well, but it's definitely something that I I felt like. Hey, that conf- that confidant moment that she has with Harry feels like it could blossom into something else. And also, there's the moment when like Harry learns about the egg, and you know, like the the second challenge or whatever it is, right? When he has to do all the research, right? And she is like. Super, like she's like super enthused to like help him and like you know on his case, right? And it was it's just kind of like like the way they interact in that was almost like yeah, like does she care about him more than just as a friend? And add to that, of course, you have that Rita Skeeter moment earlier in the first challenge when they're kind of like talking to each other in the tent in the ch- in the sort of competitors tent. So yeah, there's all those elements there that are kind of like. Whether I I think it was probably unintentional, but the way it was filmed really sort of pushed that Hermione and like Harry angle.
2: Yeah, and bear in mind who's the first of the boys to see Hermione as she walks down. It's the street? Harry, exactly. It's Harry. Yes, yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> that
0: moment, that sort of teen movie moment, is with Harry, not with Ron. It's weird. It's so weird.
1: <sighs>
0: Anisha do you want to do you want to add anything
3: to this? <laughs> yeah sure um i agreed with um look all of everything what you all said um you know I, I think it is a good movie but i didn't enjoy it as much as i thought i was going to and i don't think i enjoyed it as much as when i initially watched it so to address a few things um okay so i agree with mags that uh, I thought the um, Hermione and Victor Crumb thing was funny and I was all for it and it made way more sense than Hermione and, and um Ron okay like, <laughs> Hermione and Victor are like the opposites attractive right like I, I get that I get that he's got the hots for her brains because <laughs> he <has> <laughs> she's got the the hots for his you know brawn okay because she doesn't know any boys that have any so, <laughs> <laughs> I loved it. It was better than, um, her and Ron. In terms of like the, the relationship between her and Ron. Okay, the reason why I think her and Harry have chemistry is not necessarily the behaviours. They behave... Hermione and Harry, to me, behave like extremely close friends who love each other dearly. They don't necessarily behave like people who are in love or who have crushes on each other. What makes it, what makes me think that the chemistry is with them is the way they look at each other. From day one, from the first movie... Oh, no, from the second movie, I think there have been, like, they have looked at each other in this <laughs> way where you just feel the spark. And I think I'm correct in saying that they dated for a little while. So it may be that that is where that comes from. Um, but, you know, like, a, a good example is when Harry turns around and looks at Hermione, and he, like Gerald said, gets that moment, that movie moment where, you know, his 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 eyes, you know, his 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 face kind of, you know, brightens up like, wow, look at her. You know? So, um, yeah, I think it's the way they look at each other. That's what they, they bring to it. Those the two actors, not necessarily the way they're written. I think they are just written like extremely close friends. Um so Look, this movie I think it was really important plot wise. Like a lot of the stuff that happened, you know, once Harry touches the port key, um, is important. A lot of that stuff about, you know, Crouch, the minister, and all the, the trials that they had back in the day, yeah. all of that stuff is really important. I'm not sure that the movies really bring that detail out or if they just kind of assume that we know it all. Um, But, you know, there was lots of important parts, like, a lot of important things happened in this movie. Um, Ray Fiennes was amazing, like, just amazing. That scene where he becomes Voldemort was incredible. And that scene where Harry is kind of, like, cowering and... Um, Voldemort's there and his his cronies are all there. Each time I watch that, I feel scared for Harry. Even though I've seen it many times, I know he's going to be fine. It is so scary, the thought of being, that he has been, you know, transported to a freaking graveyard, watched his friend colleague, you know, student, whatever, die in front of him and now is completely on his own um, and has nothing. He's just got his, his spell Expelliarmus.
0: Yes, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> He's using Expelliarmus. Okay. There's
3: at- <laughs> yeah. Voldemort and all of that gang and you're like, this kid is done for. Uh, and another reason why this, this is important is because you see things like um, – the spells, backfiring and leaking, like the yeah. the ones causing the old spells to leak back. Like it's all really important plot-wise, um, and yet, like, I think it was a great climax, but the rest of the movie was a bit of a letdown. And I think the reason for this. Okay, so I am a huge fan of quest movies, or you know, movies where they have to do rounds, like tournaments, mm. or um, they've got to have challenges, right? Yeah love those types of movies so I'm surprised that I found this one so boring and I think the reason was because all of the challenges were physical and had no mental component like nothing was twisty nothing required you to solve you know Yeah. like that's what was
0: they had to solve the dumb like find the you know, they had the egg, right? That was the only intellectual challenge,
3: really. You have to solve it because our Pats came along and told them what to do. Yeah, and
2: he he solves it off-screen. So it doesn't matter. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah.
3: There is actually no solving of anything. You know, there's nothing nothing creative and twisty. They're all physical challenges. And so that was, I guess, as Gerald said, it's like a sports (laughs) sports tournament. Okay. So that was, I think, bad because... Like, on the one hand, they introduced all these amazing mythical elements, like the mer people, the dragons. So it should have been fantastic. And I love mazes, okay? <laughs> l- I absolutely love me a good maze, okay? And then you add magical stuff to it, and I I should be in paradise, but it, it just wasn't because, like, think the labyrinth, right? What do we love about that maze? All the riddles. you got to solve the riddles, okay? Yeah. <laughs> so- so it was lacking all of that. And so when you take that away and you take the friendship trio away, because like Gerald said, they're not really that involved, a lot of this bo- movie becomes kind of boring until you get to the end. And yeah, it is curious why they brought our pets in just to die. Like, why didn't they use one of the established characters? Like, why not Dean? Really, why not Dean?
0: Because Dean's in his year. <laughs> you, you have, the point is that it, ha- <laughs> it was someone older, right? Because Arpats is about to graduate. He's like in year twelve yeah,
3: why or something. Does it have to be someone older. Because,
2: like, he has that, to be because... Yeah,
3: but that's part of like why? Why did that have to? Be? <laughs> that
2: had to be to make to make <laughs> Harry's entry into the tournament seem odd. Um, yeah.
3: Okay. All
2: right.
0: Yeah. You couldn't kill date. De- De- yeah. yeah. It could have yeah. been someone else though, right? It could have been. You could have had Percy or like you know. Maybe even the Quidditch guy. You remember they had the Quidditch captain dude?
1: Yeah!
0: You know, he was older. You could use him. Yes!
3: Anyway. uh, (laughs) Percy. Anyway. So, yeah. Oh, can I say one more thing? I really didn't like the scene where Hermione goes all angry mum on Ron and... Harry, okay. It just—it's so freaking weird. Okay, I don't. And I just—I found it. She goes all angry mum on them, and then Ron makes some atrocious remark about women.
2: <laughs> like, <laughs> on which, earth, which scene
3: is this? This is at the ball, right? At the ball, Hermione has a great day, and then Ron says something that suddenly, like, makes her extremely upset, and then she tells them both to go to bed. yes, go to bed.
1: That's
3: Yeah. Like yeah. Mum, I'm like, come on, I didn't like it. And then Ron literally makes a comment about women. Being, you know, I'm like, First of all, what does she see in this idiot? Okay. <laughs> and what is sexy about having to be someone's mum? Okay, women don't like to be your mum. Okay, so if she's already doing that, they haven't even started dating.
1: Come on,
3: it's mom. over. That's right. <laughs>
0: Yeah, look, I I, I definitely... Look, I, I think we're pretty... Everyone is pretty much in agreement, right? Like, I definitely felt like this was a flatter film. Um, ha- having said that, I 100% agree with Adija. I think the reason why I had quite fond memories of this film is because I think there is... The scene in the graveyard stands out so much. It is actually such a tense, like, atmospheric scene, right? And... I was thinking about this, like, why is that such a good scene? And I think, actually, like, Ralph Fiennes actually has a lot to do with that, right? Like, I think, like, you know, Voldemort, we've been told, is a, you know, really scary sort of person. He's a really bad guy, Right. But then when Ralph Fiennes becomes Voldemort, it's actually not just the makeup. It's not the prosthetic, like his weird face or whatever that makes him scary. Ralph Fiennes is actually, the way he portrays Voldemort is so, it's so great, right? Because he comes across...
3: Like his facial expressions, the way he laughs, the way he he moves.
0: Yeah. Yeah, he's like, comes across as this horrible narcissistic bully right like in some ways it's kind of like they he's able to distill down kind of what makes this guy so evil right and what's interesting is that you know we've had a lot of memorable film villains that are actually sympathetic right but Voldemort is not sympathetic at all, yet he is still, like, a really memorable villain. I think, like, I honestly think Ralph Fiennes has so much, Ralph Fiennes has so much to do with that, right? Like, the way he's able to, like, he sneers at people, the way he, like, sort of sneers and spits out his lines, and then when he addresses his cronies, he's really scary, because he's, like, quite, like, you know, he's he can be quite disarming, but then he kind of, like suddenly switches into into like i'm gonna kill you mode right and it's just it's just so perfectly put together right the way he interacts with harry as well like the way they show him to be this the worst type of bully right this guy who knows that he's more powerful than you but he's so arrogant right and it's just like i know i'm more powerful than you but i'm just gonna play with you right like i don't even care i'm just playing with you and I get pleasure out of the fact that you're squirming and you're like that you're powerless right I get pleasure out of the fact that I'm so much more powerful than you right that's like a really it's a horrible horrible villain and ralph nine's plays it perfectly there's a scene where like you know he forces like harry to come out and duel him right and he's like you know you know the you know the process for this right you got to kneel and then he forces him to kneel and the way ralph nine acts there, he's got this like gleeful sneer he's like laughing almost right like it's it's really 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 well done and i think like him being such a palpable, horrible presence on the screen makes, I think, Harry more heroic, because Radcliffe definitely comes across as like, you know, he's kind of like, he's kind of been caught in the headlights a little bit, right? And then he has to, like, he has to come out there and face him. Like, he's got no choice, right? Like, I I think that sort of... You know, the way that Harry is able... The way they've written that, right? That Harry is... You know, he kind of just accepts the fact that I'm I'm probably going to die now, but I have to face it, right? I have to face yeah. it. There's no other way that, I can do that, that right?
3: That moment where he, like, steps out from behind the tombstone and, and goes, well, I, I'm going to face it, you know? Yeah. I'm not going to cower from this. Yeah. Um, I'm going to face it head on. Yeah. Is, yeah, it's brave.
0: Yeah, I, and I think it makes it quite a moving scene, right? Like... I think that inter- the way they set up Voldemort and then the way they set up Harry, they may- it's, it's a really moving sort of scene. Um, so yeah, I, I definitely think that is the climax of the fi- that that is the highlight of the film. Um, I still think that is like a super memorable scene, regardless of all of the other films, right? Um, mm-hmm. It's just that I, I agree that the wrapping around that for the rest of the film is probably not as strong as the other as like some of the uh, other films, right?
3: Yeah. What do we think about the twist? The um you know, the polyjuice potion, Moody,
0: Look, Moody I won't lie, the first time I watched this film I didn't pick the twist, right? But on reflect like I think this is pretty classic JK Rowling. Like every Harry Potter film has this central mystery, right? That like if you think about it, like really every film has the mystery, right? And she seeds clues for it through the mystery. So if you mm-hmm. through the through the book and the film, I guess. So yeah, I mean, because they talk about the Polyjuice potion like multiple times, right? Oh, Polyjuice potion was... Swirl- like, Moaning Myrtle talks about how Polyjuice potion was swirling down the drain, right? Like, yeah. Snape is like, yeah. why are you stealing my stuff, right? And then you see Moody drinking potion non-stop. And then you also see Moody with the...
2: But um, Moody, Moody's tongue is constantly flickering. Correct. And, mm. uh, and that's what... Barty Crash. Yeah. When, when Barty Crash Junior confronts his dad at the yeah. trial, his tongue is constantly, flick, you know, flickering in yeah. and out of his mouth. Yeah, right? yeah. and so and that's actually what I think gave Moody away to Barty Crash oh, Senior.
0: Yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, that's
2: why he murders his dad. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, Crash Senior realizes that that's his son in disguise, and, th- and 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 he's spooked by that after his first meeting with with uh, Fake Moody.
3: That's what's so fun about the rewatch. Like, you do notice everything on the rewatch and it's fun to see how it's all been seeded and how much has been seeded.
0: Yeah. I think the central mystery is solid and they do seed it. I think, like, um, basically where this film falls flat is what you've said, Anja, that the sports story is not an excellent sports story. (laughs) Yeah, like, the challenges themselves are a bit, like... I mean, okay. I'll, I'll be honest, right? Like, there were parts. I w- when I was watching this film, there were parts of it where I was like, "So, so, w- w- why, why are they doing that?" Like, so it's
3: like chessboard, Darren. Like, she just can't write good challenge challenges, right? It was like the random chessboard <laughs> <laughs> the movie, right? Like, why?
0: Yeah, <laughs> I I don't know what it. I, maybe in the books, like I can't remember specifically, but. Maybe in the books they're written better, but the way they portray it on the screen is just not as interesting. And in fact, like, it was confusing for me on, on like, some of the challenges, right? Like, um, so I know that the challenges are meant to show that Harry is heroic, right? So I'd love if someone could explain this to me, right? So <laughs> so, so, when they do the mermaid challenge thing where they go into the lake, right?
3: Mm.
0: Why does Harry feel obliged to free, like, um, Fleur Delacour's um, sister?
3: This is what I asked Gerald. I was like, so were they gonna let her die? I don't
0: think so. <laughs> like, I don't think if you failed the challenge, then your like best friend was just gonna die.
1: <laughs> yeah,
3: that's how Fleur was acting.
2: Yeah, like,
0: it was really weird.
3: <laughs> weird, right?
2: Yeah. The really weird thing about it is um we see we see Ron and Hermione in the water and the last time we see them is when they're all in the library and I forget, is it it might be Neville comes up to them yeah. and says Dumbledore wants to see you two in his study. Yeah. So are we? Are we meant to take it that like Dumbledore basically kidnapped? Him? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I think that's that's what happened. Send so to, <laughs> to potentially die.
3: To potentially
0: die. Yeah. <laughs> but there's no way. So this is what I couldn't understand. I couldn't understand why he gave extra points for, to Harry for freeing like Fleur Delacour's sister, because I'm like, surely Dumbledore didn't... Like, when the thing is over, someone was going to go down there and pick him up, right? the
3: implication is that they would have died, that that, that Fleur's sister would have died. That seems
0: ridiculous! That actually... Yeah, I don't know.
3: Well, (laughs) it's the safest place in the whole land. (laughs) (laughs) Of course course you would die, Of (laughs) Of course.
0: And then they do the same thing in The Maze, right? You know, like, in The Maze, right? Harry saving, like, Cedric Diggory? I'm just yeah. like, what are you talking about? You just saw Flo Delacour get taken away by The Maze and ejected. Aren't we playing a sport here? Everyone knows that, like, if you get sort of eaten by The Maze, you'll get spat out somewhere else, right? So... Why are you fighting so hard to save Cedric Diggory? Like, what? why didn't you fight so hard to save Victor Crumb, then, or Fleur Delacour? It doesn't make sense. I know that it was supposed to make him seem heroic, but it was just like, I don't understand why you're doing this, Harry. I honestly don't.
3: Maybe the rules are (laughs) unclear, like they are to us. Maybe they're unclear to Harry. Maybe it's like, well, I hope they wouldn't let these people die. I hope this maze wouldn't actually kill them, but I'm not so sure. Well, I mean, given that
2: this is a centuries old contest, like surely the people in this world have to know whether like <laughs> if you fail, you die or someone else you die.
0: I mean,
3: it's different every time. It's different challenges.
0: Wouldn't uh, that be yeah. the first question you asked Dumbledore? Like when you were like after the second challenge, you would immediately go up to Dumbledore and be like
2: you weren't really intending on killing those guys, right? <laughs> but also, when he introduces the Triwizard Cup, Dumbledore says um, to be the Triwizard Champion, you have to go through, through, and he says, three very, very dangerous challenges. So the implication, obviously, is that life and limb are at stake. Yeah, but not uh, for your friends. Surely, like, maybe for you, but those around you?
0: <laughs> that seems, like, unusually cruel, doesn't it? <laughs>
3: Hermione, because she's the significant other... <laughs> <laughs> she's not even dying for someone she gives to.
0: to. <laughs> the other thing also that boggled my mind about the Triwizard Cup, so you know how, like, after the dragon, they get the egg, and Dumbledore is like, you have to have the egg in order to figure out what's going on next. I was thinking about it, it was like, Really, if Harry hadn't even put the egg in the water, he probably could have figured it out. Because they set up a bloody stadium next to the lake, and the entire school went, right? Yeah. Even if Harry didn't know what was going on, wouldn't he be like, well, I guess it's going to be at the lake. Everyone's going, they're building a stadium there. Better go there. Like, what? Like, what is this? Am I missing something? I don't understand. Like the whole, like the importance of the egg was like it's actually not that important at all, right? Like as an intellectual challenge, it was kind of like, eh. Well, maybe you have a little bit more prep, but you could probably figure out just by everybody going there. It's going to be at the lake. Um, yeah.
2: Yeah. Oh, look, it, it seems, the egg seems to have been just an excuse to, to put in a scene where.
3: Moating
2: Myrtle! N- oh, God! <laughs> to whole new levels where she basically. Harvey Weinstein's Harry Potter. Exactly. Time's up for Moating Myrtle. Like,
1: <laughs>
0: yeah, that was. That Moating. Like, I mean, she really does take it to the next level, right? That
2: was, that was just out of control. <laughs> and he's getting gathering these soapsuds around his crotch and she's like she's just trying to eye uh, 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 his crotch and you're like oh man yeah
0: she was definitely a creeper This, it's, the implication is that she did the same thing to Cedric Diggory as well right so it's a pattern yeah,
2: yeah. <laughs> No, she goes. She, she goes. Full oh, Weinstein. It's is, it is so gross. Okay, so I'm actually
0: really interested in rereading the books again because I don't remember. I don't remember if she had, ri- Rally had written her to be a creep, or like this actress has just chosen. Has just chosen. I'm gonna sexually harass these boys. <laughs> this is the way I'm gonna play this role. I don't know. It's memorable. <laughs> I, I'm not sure about the choice. It's definitely memorable.
3: <laughs>
2: <laughs> um, yeah, it, it's it's certainly like it, it is certainly memorable, and um, you know, at the risk of repeating myself, more memorable than anything that like the other main characters say for Harry uh, does. <laughs> it's, it's, it's it's really unfortunate that. That so little is you, so little is required of Hermione or Ron in the in in this in this movie. Um, yeah, yeah, and
0: and actually you're right because the bit with Ron is all the Ron bits kind of fall flat, right? Because they have the weird interaction at the dance, right, where Ron is clearly just a buffoon at the dance, right? Like,
2: like Ron hating Harry for, for, for Harry getting into the tri-wizard. Correct.
0: Pack. Yeah. That was or, just like, what the hell know, like, was that about?
2: What sort of friend would, 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 would act this way,
3: would react no, this way? No, I think envy is a normal emotion among friends. Yeah, but friends. En- envy's not a Ron trait. Like, en- so, Envy becomes very much a Ron trait. So she had to seed it earlier yeah, on, like, you know? And, and it, He's he's always
2: been so loyal to Harry, and so. But he,
3: as time goes on, he does start to resent and envy how Harry is always the hero. If you, no, if that's you, true. If because your best by, by, is No, no, you're the right. Hero. You're
2: right. Because by by the time you get to Deathly Hallows Part One, he's examining. He's, he's imagining um Harry and Hermione yeah, making out. Just like the rest of them. Yeah, that's right. He's like, <laughs> at that moment, he becomes an audience surrogate. Okay. <laughs> Yeah,
3: look, but
0: I gotta agree with Jerry that I did find that interaction kind of weird because, like, and I was what? like, why are you pissed off at him? Because he's clearly told you that, like, he didn't put his name in. And he's, like, told everyone this, and he's, like, I mean. And,
2: and, and if there's one thing we know about Harry, it's that he's a reluctant hero. Like, Ron, of all people, would know that he's a reluctant hero and would never. Tip his, hand, you know, put his hand up for something like the Wizard Cup.
3: He's just angry that it's all always about Harry. Yeah, that's not true. <laughs> <sighs> <Awesome>. <sighs> that's, 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 I guess, the main thing. Like, it's not going to be a friendship if it's not. I mean, like, it's not going to be an epic friendship if it's not tested. You know, and Ron and Harry, that friendship is tested. Yeah, but Ron, Ron comes back to it. But him. it's,
2: but it's. A, I mean, it's not. It's not tested in a way. That's epic enough to make it an epic friendship. It's just like a, a silly, you know, thirteen-year-old boy. You know, why do you get all the glory, hitting? So it's not. No, know, I mean no throughout particular. the series. Yeah, but again, like you know, it, it's tested in Deathly Hallows Part One, but I actually can't. I actually can't think of it being tested elsewhere in in the in the series
3: well i think the point is elsewhere in the series that resentment grows it's it slowly builds and ron is always trying to fight it you know he's always trying to put it aside and i think that's the point right You, you can feel these things but you should be able to overcome that and 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 realize that that is just just jealousy that is just You know an unhelpful emotion that's getting in the way of your bond and be the bigger person and you know like get over it with a bit of time and that's what he is always able to do and harry always is able to forgive him for that behavior so you know it doesn't have to be more epic than that to me that's like that's i like that i like that they explore that
0: Mm. Mm. yeah look agreed um did anyone notice how, like, how often... <laughs> I was thinking about this, I was saying this to Mags. Espe- like, especially at the end, when Voldemort fights Harry, right? And Harry is using Expelliarmus. And, like, Voldemort basically is dropping, like, killing curses non-stop. He basically is, like, the only curse he knows. He is constantly dropping green beams of death right like I think about
3: (laughs) the point is meant to be that Harry always goes to Expelliarmus because he's always he always uses the defensive spell like the one that disarms rather than the kill shot because he doesn't want to kill or he doesn't want to seriously hurt he's like, it's meant to be a thing about yeah. Harry yeah it's like his trademark type thing yeah but it is hilarious when he uses
0: <laughs> it a and like Voldemort is just hurling the like most deadly spell ever at him, right and he's using a smelly arms. I love that <laughs> um okay
3: is there anything else we want to chat about that's one they learn as well so it kind of feels like you bought kindergarten so yeah <laughs> yeah, well,
0: yeah. <laughs> It's got like an AK forty seven, and he's using like a stick.
2: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, well, I, I mean, one thing we did notice, Anitra and I, was that um, despite like hitting age thirteen, fourteen, or fifteen, like I think this is this might be Emma Watson's worst performance in a Harry Potter movie. So oh, like really? Interesting. <laughs> she, her her overacting is just so like glaring. Um I mean in a way part of part of it is that like her role is probably the most emotionally expressive of the, of the big three because Ron only gets to do like two things look scared or look confused so much of Harry is kind of internal mm. whereas Hermione is the in, in outwardly the, the emotionally biggest of the characters but the the sort of overacting that Emma Watson brings to the role is... It's not scenery-chewing, overacting. It's just, like, one beat or one step more than the scene requires of her. Mm. And so she kind of does stand out like a bit of a sore thumb as a consequence.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Look, I think there, there are bits where acting is not amazing in these films, right? There's definitely like, still sort of child actor elements in these films. Um, but I think she does get better, right? My
2: recollection is that she does get better. Yeah, that's my recollection as well,
0: but like...
3: I haven't seen it
2: yet. <laughs> the thing is like, her performance does improve in 2 and 3, and then this felt like a bit of a regression. Mm. <laughs> And I just thought to myself this is this, this is not what I remember like it was kind of striking how in various scenes you know she was just she was just trying a bit too hard and I thought to myself man I do not remember this happening and and bearing in mind how much is required of each of the actors in in the next four movies um, you start thinking to yourself this 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 is not a good sign. (laughs) charisma
3: to carry it off though, you know I can forgive it because I do think she's very good. Look,
2: look, she, I mean, she's got screen, she's got screen presence, Mm. um, and, um, and you know, as I say, she's got emotionally the most of all the the big three um, have to do. But um, so when I say like, you know, this is her worst performance so far, it's. You know, it's not. I'm not saying this. Is, it's a. It's an abysmal and terrible performance, deserving of, of Razzies. It's just that, um, yeah. There's there's just the odd bum note in that performance, which kind of takes me out of the movie in in certain scenes.
0: Mm. Mm. Well, we also get introduced in this film to Cho, Cho Chang, Harry's love interest in the next film.
2: Oh yes.
0: Another <laughs> character that. Is it really a character?
2: (laughs) I will never get over um, a Scottish accent coming out of a Chinese face. Like it's just, it's just so weird.
0: I'm sure there are humans around the world thinking, (laughs) (laughs) like,
1: (laughs) weird.
2: Yeah, look, probably, but still, like, it it, it is just, it just seems like such an unlikely pairing because you just don't think. Like, Scotland is quite multicultural, but you just don't. You just don't conceive of it as such. Um,
3: I think she's good, though. I think she's a great actor for her mm. age.
2: For her <laughs> age.
3: <laughs>
0: yeah, I, look, I don't think Cho is really a character character, though, right? Like, oh, yeah, maybe. Like, maybe in the... I don't know. We'll, we'll I mean, talk about it more in the next
2: one. I would, bearing in mind, though, like, in the next one, she's meant to be, like, completely torn up with grief yeah. over Cedric Diggory. And you're like... Just because he took you to the ball, I know. Like, really? Like seriously? Like there was there, there is no relationship between the two of them. Um, you don't even see them talk to each other at the ball, even though like um, he's her arm candy. When they walk into the great well, hall, but that's so, because
0: Cedric Diggory has no character, right? Like
2: they don't explore
0: anything yeah. of Cedric it's Diggory's like,
2: life. <laughs> yeah, and so the idea of her being sort of cut up with grief. Um, to such an extent that she, in the end she can't, you know, sort of move forward with Harry in the next one. Is, um, yeah. <laughs> Maybe it's an excuse. When <laughs> we watch the next film, it's like, sorry, sorry,
0: it's excuse. her, like, it's not me, it's it's not you, it's me. <laughs> oh, okay. Um, are we done talking about Golden of the Fire? Mags? Anything you want to add?
1: No, nothing further from me.
0: Okay. Jerry, Anija, anything? Uh,
1: I think we're,
3: we're done.
0: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, look, I mean, still, yes, I, I think we've um, picked at this film a little bit, but I still think it's a pretty enjoyable film, and, like, I I think I would have been happy to watch this at the cinema as the next Harry Potter film. Um, so, we will be back, and we'll talk about the Harry Potter film that follows this, which is Harry Potter... Potter.
3: No,
0: Half the Prince. Order of the Phoenix. Order of the Phoenix.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Harry Potter and the
0: Order of the Phoenix. The one with Cho Chang. That's the way I remember that one. I just remember that as
2: Dolores Umbridge. Yeah,
0: Cho Chang and Dolores Umbridge. But yeah. Okay, guys. Thanks so much for joining me this week for a fun chat. Um, I will see everybody soon. Say bye, bye, everyone. Ciao. Bye.